Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 3, Episode 8, and today we are dis- we are continuing on with our Witcher read-along, and we will be discussing Blood of Elves, the very first full-length Witcher novel, which is exciting. And, of course, if you would like to toss a coin to your podcasters, you is. can <laughs> join us on Patreon or through channel memberships and get access to exclusive bonus content with each episode. This episode's bonus content is very light topic. We're going to be talking about generational trauma in fantasy. So <laughs> just, you know, no big deal. <laughs> so if you want to join us, you can do that. But uh, yeah, we're here. This is the first full-length novel. Indeed it is. I... No, we're just going to, we're going to progressively less Geralt from here. Every book, less Geralt. Oh, great. <laughs> really? The most you ever see him is in like Last Wish and Sword of Destiny. And then from Why? there, it just gets less and less and less. Like the series is literally titled The Witcher. I mean, I actually don't know if Andrzej Sapkowski like himself wanted to name that series, name the series yeah. that. Because like based Maybe. on how these books go, I would be unsurprised to learn that he did not (laughs) (laughs) i mean maybe the fact that they wanted to name it that should have been his first clue to write more of Geralt into the books yeah yeah he just Uh, yeah no so enjoy while it lasts because you'll literally by the last book you'll be like wait where's the witcher (laughs) i thought this was the witcher series (laughs) oh no Well, I did like this. Well, good. So I, here's the thing though. If, if I found it less enjoyable, I would probably be more than just slightly annoyed at some of the things in this book. Like I'm rolling my eyes pretty hard at the fact that every female 17 and older has the hots for Geralt and his treatment of women is not great. But, like, I don't hate it as much as I should because I, I mean, find the books so charming. Only, it's not only Geralt, though. Like, all the yeah. men have the hots for Yennefer. And That's everybody true. be having the hots just all of the time. <laughs> it's true. And there is also, like, um, the when we're in, in Triss Marigold's POV, the fact that it's not just that Geralt is, like, a tall drink of water, which, of course, he is. But, right. like, literally him being a witcher, like, physical contact. Like, there's, like, a magical, like charge like a, a pleasant mm. sensation from like touching a witcher when she's like a sorceress so like yeah. he's all he's good looking and then there's also that so i mean i guess i just was like in her perspective when she's like why am i acting like a teenager oh, no, i'm like I mean, yeah why are you acting like Tris is so thirsty for girl it's it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot and then he slept with a 17 year old medical student i was like oh good yeah okay Okay. Although, in fairness for Geralt, like he's not as long lived as like sorcerers, but witchers do live a lot longer than normal people do. So at mm. that point, is he only supposed to like sleep with geri- geriatrics? Like, there's no one in his appropriate age. No, range. but I mean, she's seventeen. I mean, yeah, it's. Whatever. I'm not saying like yeah, sleep with a twelve year old, but I'm just saying that like he's like literally no one's in his age range other than like Yennefer and Triss. So. Yennefer, we like Yennefer. I like Yennefer. Do we like Yennefer? I like Yennefer. I don't dislike her, but she's, uh, I don't I think you know that she's uh, not that well liked by people. And then I personally 
Like, I don't dis... If it was just, like, she's just a character, which, I mean, she is just a character, but if it's just the question of her being a character, um, she's a perfectly fine character. When it comes to, like, how obsessed Geralt is with Yennefer is what I'm like, I don't get it. I don't need to get it because I, I get that he's obsessed with her, but, like, I don't mm-hmm. personally see why he's so obsessed with her. <laughs> I feel like often in these kinds of books, there are these women that are generally not well-liked, and I almost always like them. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> that you're a contrarian? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, but I like her. I think she's... I, I just... I See, I feel about character. her the exact same way, pretty much, that I feel about Denna and Sabatha. Who I also love. I yeah. love... I love I love Denna. I like Sabatha. Yeah. But yeah, I, think, I, I feel about all three of them the same way, where I'm like, they're per- perfectly fine characters. Would I be obsessed with them? Do I get why they're these dudes are obsessed with them? Like, no, not really. But mm-hmm. like, if it if we took if this was just a, if they were just another character in the story and we like somehow like surgically extracted the obsession part, like I don't I honestly think more people would be fine with those characters. It's the fact that some characters obsessed with them and they're like, well, she's not that great. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I guess I just think it's funny because it's like that's not the point. Like people oh are obsessed with people for no particular reason. Jessica, I don't know if you know this, Jessica, but Elle literally still ribs me about this. That um the first time I ever met Elle um from Elliot Brooks in person. Yeah. Um, this was years and years ago. Um, I had just started reading the Witcher series and um she's like a big fan of Witcher, I think everyone knows. Um and I was like, yeah, it's great. Except like if I have to read Lilac and Gooseberries one more time, like I freaking get it. <laughs> Yennefer smells like Lilac and Gooseberries. And so like literally to this day, whenever The Witcher comes up, if I'm talking to Elle, she's like, Lilac and Gooseberries. I'm like, it's too much. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad scent, you know? Yes, but like uh, how often is it mentioned? Like I mean, so often, fairly frequently. Speaking of which, we should we should if get. She like sends a L. letter to him. He's like the paper. It smells like lilac and gooseberries. <laughs> just like does it. It's her signature scent, Liana. She probably like sprays it on the paper. With how much it's mentioned, it I, maybe it, it it stands out to me because like I hate when people like bathe in perfume, basically. And with how often it's mentioned, I'm like she must like reek of the scent that she's wearing. Where like <laughs> after she leaves the room, it smells like it for days. Like I'm like oh. Oh gosh. I mean, that is probably what she would do. She wants to be memorable. She probably has like a specialized perfumier who makes her signature scent that they don't sell to anyone else. I feel like that is what she would do. I mean, it's pretty easy to replicate. Lilac, gooseberries. Two ingredients. There's, there's probably something else in there that Geralt's just not picking up on. Even, I mean, Siri also is like, hmm, smells like lilac and gooseberries lilac when Yennefer's here. <laughs> <laughs> yes jessica exactly we have a comment that the the lilac and gooseberries is her version of the witcher shock it's why everybody likes her so much maybe that's the real answer to the obsession they can't resist her scent what did, i know what lilac smells like what does gooseberry smell like i've had gooseberries. I, They're I, pretty scentless i have no idea maybe they, they have a, like maybe anything. they flower maybe there's like a gooseberry flower then it would be gooseberry blossom. It wouldn't be gooseberries. I don't know. What do they? Maybe they have a smell when you're like cooking them into jam. They or something? do not. Can confirm. Hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> they are like I, one I of the blandest know. berries in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so she mostly smells like lilac. I guess. I don't know. That's 
That's interesting. Maybe it's a translation issue. Maybe, or maybe Polish gooseberries have a, a stronger scent. I mean, yeah, maybe wild gooseberries, like just like wild strawberries and wild yeah. blueberries are all like a lot more potent. Like I'll, mm-hmm. I will grant perhaps wild grown gooseberries in Poland have a lovely scent. <laughs> we just don't know what it is. And maybe if we did, we would understand the obsession that everybody has. All right, well, let's all go to Poland. <laughs> let's let's go to group trip. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I, I like her. I also really actually enjoyed the parts of this that were Yennefer and Siri together. I like Geralt and Siri. I liked Yennefer and Siri. Sorry, I just, I'm distracted because just came in carrying her crow toy, loudly <laughs> meowing. She was just like meowing while carrying it and then dropped it at my feet and looked up at me and continued meowing. Like, like it's mom, not- play with me. Come on. <laughs> you want child? <laughs> All right. Well, you hear some meows. That's what's going on. There you go. Oh. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed the Siri Yennefer chapters. Kind of Siri coming of age, and I don't know. I also thought it was just funny the whole thing of because some of this is stuff that's in season two of the show, so some of it felt a little familiar. Um. But I did think it was kind of funny, Siri being brought up by the witchers who just, like, don't think about the fact that she's probably starting her period. Yeah, so, like, that's some of the stuff that, like, okay, yeah, there's some male gazy sexy times and boobs. But, like, also, I don't I can mm. name me, like, fantasy books that written by men that mention menstruation. Like, right. I can think of two, including this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, which I, I appreciate all of that as well. And Tris is like, uh, yeah, no, you're gonna you're going to listen and not have her do this some days. Well, and the menstruation y'all. is like the most obvious thing that doesn't get mentioned and that is right. mentioned. But there's a lot of stuff that Tris and Yennefer say to Siri that is like very like female gazy where like yeah. she's like, why are you putting makeup on? She's like, I'm putting it on for myself. Like I'm putting it on for um, for my own self-esteem or something. And then like someone asks Siri what she's wearing and she's like, esteem or something. Because <laughs> that's what, how makeup was explained to her. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, there's like uh or like Jennifer telling her about like uh having sex and worrying about virginity and she's like, mm-hmm. look, like don't worry about being a virgin. Like it's fine if you're a virgin, it's fine if you're not a virgin. If you don't want to, then don't. And yeah. if you do want to, just make sure that he's like not messy. <laughs> right. It's like, how do you decide the bed? If he doesn't have a bed, it's a nope. <laughs> then base it on how nice the bed looks. Yeah. <laughs> like decent course. advice. I mean, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was funny. I did love like the jumps, though, from like, because in with Tris and Siri, we jump from talking about makeup to learning about ghouls, <laughs> like we have range, you know, life of a sorceress, yo. Uh, indeed. <laughs> all all the things that that you need. No, those those were a lot of fun. Um, yeah, let's see. We've got comment. Jessica also liked those chapters the best. I loved how Yen told her to only sleep with dudes with nice beds. Yes. Like, as we were saying, yes. Only sleep with dudes with nice beds. I mean, not a terrible way to make that choice, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, she basically, she was like, no bed, then no. Dirty bed, also no. Clean bed, okay, take a look at the varieties of beds on offer and go with the whatever dude pleases you yeah. best. And you still very likely will make a mistake, but, you know, he'll be clean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I I did find it irritating. Like Tris, I liked except for the the thing of her being so into Geralt. Yes, Thanks exactly this. Matt says, "Got to get your bed game right, guys." That's it. That's it. Take the advice of the Witcher. Clean sheets and have like a nice duvet or comforter or something. Which, considering like the what we've seen of this world and the people in it. You can see why Geralt also would be in addition to like just you know he's he's tall and handsome and and you know masculine blah 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 but he's also like clean and or cleaner mm-hmm. and like more respectful and like the yeah. bar's pretty low so you can see why they'd be like I, Geralt <laughs> yeah he's all right I, I mean it's true like I'd probably be into Geralt too who am I kidding I and just, he doesn't really take advantage of Triss like she's really thirsty for him but yeah. he's like huh nah (laughs) he's like we did that before and this is where it got us let's not and she's like constantly trying to like get him and he's like "Mm, mm, 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 mm." oh man i feel for her (laughs) rough but he's still kind to her like he's not cruel right but it's like everyone knows that yen is truly the woman of his heart but like as someone i think uh it is um I just said his name before we went live. Um, Yarpin Zegrin, who's like, would you carry your lady into the bushes to take care of business? Like, I wouldn't. And everyone's like, that's his woman. And Siri's like, it's not, though. And he's like, he's taking care of her while she has the runs. Like, I can't imagine doing that for somebody I'm not banging. <laughs> and he's really not banging like her. Like, yeah. he, I mean, they did once, but like, he's literally just doing it to take care of her. Yeah. No, he's like a decent person. Just probably why I still like him, even though I'm like sometimes, dude. Come on, <laughs> the yeah, blame these ladies. <laughs> that's true. I, I mean, I get it. I get it. He, I'd probably be into him too. What am you know? Um, I really f- also just find this funny. Like the humor in these books really works for me. I well, this definitely... is why I get so annoyed at the show because Geralt doesn't just stand around saying nothing. Like, he right. talks a lot, and he has, a, like, a, a complete personality. Who would have thought? Yeah. Like, yeah. literally in the show, he just stands there, fights with a sword, and occasionally says, fuck. Like, I'm yeah. like, and then, like, Dandelion is, like, a complete joke. Sorry, Yaskier is a complete joke mm. in the show. And, like, right. yes, he's, like, kind of silly, but, like, they have an actual friendship, and Geralt has, like, a three-dimensional view of the world and personality and an actual friendship with Dandelion, and it just annoys me to no end yeah. how the show made Geralt, like... I mean, you talk about how all these women fall over Geralt and we're like, yeah, but he has merits. Like, you can see why they would. Mm-hmm. And the show is literally only just because he's hot. Like, he yeah. has nothing else going for him. I mean, it's true. He doesn't have much of a personality, which is unfortunate. Whereas in this, he's he's funny and there's a lot of humor woven into this. So I find myself laughing pretty often. I honestly usually find Siri the funniest. Siri is Siri funny. has so much personality. <laughs> she does. I love it. I th- I cracked me up too. There was this whole the whole thing of like when she's at the nunnery or whatever. I don't know what it is exactly, but like the temple school, the temple school, and there's the boy who's got the like yield porn <laughs> books, and she's like, oh, hmm, what's going on there? Also, because like whatever she found it in, the title was like a really innocuous title, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, is that what that title means? Show me some more of whatever that is. <laughs> I think it was like a medical book or something. She's like, I wonder what malady is being remedied here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And clearly he kind of likes her, but she was really young at that point. Oh, not just kind of. He super duper likes her, like can barely speak when she's around. (laughs) And like Yennefer's like, don't toy with him. And she's like, it's not my fault. He likes me. (laughs) Yeah, but you can decide what you do. It's funny. Which is Yennefer's Uh, point. Carissa says, get you a guy with clean sheets who carries you when you're having gastrointestinal issues. True story. (laughs) True story. Yep. Uh, yeah, though, I will say the pacing and structure of the book is a little weird. Oh, it's, <laughs> oh, that, so I told you, like, get ready for less and less Geralt. Also get ready for the structure and pacing to get less and less cohesive. This Good. was as cohesive and Geralt filled as you're going to get. <laughs> Great. It's just, it's like, we have very, very long chapters and it's kind of in chrono- uh, mostly chronological or- order, sort of. <laughs> I mean, but within it's... a chapter, it's not even chronological. Like, you'll go, yeah. you know, some from some scene where someone says something and you're like, huh? And they're like, oh, I guess I'm being shown why there- this happened just now. Is this before? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and then I feel like at the end of the book, all of a sudden, we get, like, like in chapter six, all these perspectives and all these political things happening. And I'm like, whoa, okay. It's a lot. Yeah, there's no like set POVs, so you can be like, oh, it's one of the five or whatever. And it's not like Song of Ice and Fire, where at the very least, there's like at the head of every chapter, you know who's talking to you. Um, right. There's constantly going to be different POVs showing you different things, and less and less of them will be Geralt. <laughs> great, great. And they will not yeah. necessarily be in the present. It's a little confusing. I can see why they maybe had trouble figuring out how to turn this into a show. Because there is just so much going on. I feel like they may somehow made it more confusing in the show, but. (laughs) I mean, it made sense to me. I don't know. But yeah, I, it's a lot happening, but it's interesting. I just don't know that I'm really keeping track of all of it entirely. Let's see. Stephanie says, even though this is the first novel, it still kind of feels like a short story collection. Yeah, it feels like a hybrid, I guess. Kind of in between. It feels more like a novel. Well, I I in general have trouble remembering um, other than like, you know, standout moments, like what things happen in which book, because they're all like that. There isn't like Mm. a plot arc really in any of the books. Um, Like, I'm sure an argument could be made that there is one, but the only thing that like is certainly going to happen in every book, like you always get it foreshadowed. So like before we heard in, in Sword of Destiny about the blood of elves and then, oh, look at that. The next book's blood of elves. And here we heard people talking about the time of contempt and, oh, look at that. The next book is the time of contempt. So like they're going <laughs> to tell you the title in the book at some point. And you're going to see why it's called that because people are going to, mm-hmm. you know, philosophize about the title of the book. But other than that, like, yeah, I would often have trouble remembering which thing happens in which book because it's just kind of like, stuff happening not necessarily in chronological order yeah i mean i feel like if there is a plot arc to this it's siri coming of age oh this entire book series should have been called the chronicles of princess cirilla it's not (laughs) the witcher series i'm sorry it's not (laughs) okay okay it's definitely like by the by the lady of the lake it's like at least 60 percent siri if not more which i'm not mad about i like siri i think she's an interesting character so but yeah. yeah. 
What gets really yeah. bad is when it's not Siri or Yennefer or Geralt or any of the people. You're just in some other place and you're like, I understand what's happening on this page, but I can't, I don't know why this page is here. I don't like know why, why I'm being told. Why this. does this matter? <laughs> Great. Something to look forward to. <laughs> it's a lot of like history lessons and politics and world of information that like is mm -hmm. tangentially related to the situation overall. But it's like all of a sudden we're like in this other place, this other, these other characters discussing some issue and you're like, what does this have to do with Geralt and Siri? <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. I mean, this wasn't too bad. It was mostly entertaining and I liked it. And yeah, this is like Siri going from girl to young woman. I feel like that's the arc of this book basically and she's still a very childish by the end she's still pretty she's young not, but she's yeah. like she's like like 14 ish at the end of this book yeah i'm so just saying like, like she's she's not like mature beyond her ears like no, she's very no, no, no. smart but she's like yeah. quite naive and like right blabbering and innocent oh for sure but it is her going from like a literal like child to a blossoming young woman <laughs> in the process of you know growing into it so uh, yeah it's the entire village is raising her yes everybody's got a hey, hand with, in it with someone like syria takes a village <laughs> yes what i and don't what drives me insane um it always drives me insane is that like it's so like of paramount importance to keep um, her her presence and her her where she is a secret because people are after her. So the fact that she goes by Siri everywhere she goes and it's not a secret what her name is. I'm like, really? Like you're like no one can know who you are. And you're like yeah, but like could you give a different name? Like, <laughs> like what kind of incognito is this? figure it out? Yeah, that's I mean, fair. <laughs> I feel like that's like a bare minimum of being incognito is just like going by a different name. Like you would think, you would bare think. minimum. Everybody is, and everybody's trying to get her, kidnap her, or kill her, or marry her, or, or marry her. her. Everyone, or something slash wants her. Yeah, I mean, I love that that meeting that goes from we should find her. What do we do when we find her? Oh God, we're gonna fight over her. Best to kill her so no right. one gets her. And it's like, right. oh my God. I know. It's like, well, I could kidnap her and like marry her off to a knight so she gets pregnant. But I love how kids. like self-aware that little committee is because they're like, realistically, we're gonna fight over her if we find her. So we know ourselves, we mm -hmm. should kill her and deny ourselves like the opportunity to fight over her. And yeah. you're like, I kind of respect how self-aware you are right now. I mean, it's a true story. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I got a huge kick out of all of the letters, especially like Siri, <laughs> like Siri writing, writing letters back and forth to Geralt. Those were hilarious. The ones that, and the stuff that got dictated to her by the, um, what's her name from the temple. It's like, she says yeah. I have to say that I'm being well behaved <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, those were great. And, you know, Yen, like all the letters I thought were great. They were entertaining Jennifer is like hey friend friend, you, friend. Yes. how's it been friend your Can friend you Jennifer 
<laughs> like, oh, I'm your friend, am I? That's all I am to you. <laughs> this is the part where you would get the yeah. gif of, of Henry Cavill going, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, what do I call her? Uh, friend. And she's like, but oh, friend. In the show, they made it this big thing where, if I remember correctly, I only watched it once, um, that he doesn't know that Yennefer's alive and he finds it out from Triss. And then when Trish shows up, she's like, why would you ask me for help and not Yennefer? And he's like, because he didn't know Yennefer was alive. Whereas yeah. here, it's very clear he does know Yennefer is alive. And it's just like, I'm going to go with Triss. <laughs> yeah. Less drama. They, yeah. I mean, they definitely made changes for the show. And which I think just like okay. Geralt and Yennefer are melodramatic enough. Do we need to add more melodrama? <laughs> Why not? It makes things entertaining. So they, <laughs> they took out any time Geralt said anything interesting and put in him being like, Yennefer's alive. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, they, they, Ger- the, Geralt could have been written better. I for sure agree with that. Yeah. Also, Yaskier slash Dandelion. Yes. Yes. I, I, that could have been. Also, so Siri is so toned down in the show. She's yeah. so such a loudmouth, precocious, like in your face. Like she's a lot more like Ellie in uh, The Last of Us. I haven't seen The Last of Us. I did like a read of likes for The Last of Us, and I was like, if you like this, like mm-hmm. labyrinthy, annoying kid with the like gruff, like let's survive mm-hmm. kind of dude, I was like, you should read the Witcher books because that's Syrian girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like that dynamic in the witcher <laughs> but i haven't watched that yet i you're always giving me shows to watch and i can't keep up i don't know that you would like the last of us but i just yeah, kind of I assumed that everyone had at least i don't know i, I guess i'm not no. so seen it. <laughs> i have a lot of things to watch i'm finally watching house of the dragon i mean yeah. is i mean if i was enough? gonna make you if i was gonna make you watch a show it would be house of the dragon not the last right. of us well I'm doing I have two episodes left. So I'll finish it this week. <laughs> dun 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 yeah. You know that music slaps. It does. It does. Like all of the Game of Thrones fans were like, I don't know about House of the Dragon. They burned us. And then as soon as the intro music starts, you're like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> it's an excellent show. I yeah. I it's very interesting. Which we need to discuss if we're doing a thing talking about that not on this channel um what i'm like what else is in my list of notes that i took while i was reading this book oh okay there was this one small thing that i just found really interesting at the end of chapter six what are they called like the you know they have the little like excerpts from documents or whatever there's a word for those word for that but yeah i know what you're talking about they're called i think they're like epigraphs at the beginning of a chapter but because they're at the end of the chapter i don't know what you would call them anyway point being at the end of chapter six there's one that i think is really interesting that somebody arguing that you should sterilize all women who become sorceresses so that they can't have children because they don't think that they should have just like give birth to them that people nobody should be born with magic or something and or at least well, not it was, born it was that people aren't born with magic that it is always a thing that is made 
and the fact that people try to breed people for magic because they think that they can get it that way and because most of the time you end up sterile anyway as a sorcerer no not always but because people have tried to like breed for it that they're like since most people end up sterile anyway just 100 percent across the board sterilize everyone that's a sorcerer yeah. because you can't breed for magic well they didn't say that though i think they said that some people didn't maybe i'm remembering wrong but i thought they said that like some people can have kids with magic the whole point of it is yeah that's why i said I that found- like most people who become sorcerers or sorceresses most people right. end up being sterile but some don't and because right. some don't then people right, try right. to like breed for magic right and so and they're like should- but it's interesting, right? Because it ends up turning into sort of eugenics, which puts a whole different light on Yennefer's situation. So I just found that little tidbit interesting. And I wondered if it was, yeah, I was like, is this something? Well, it's kind of known? anti-eugenics because they're saying that people are trying to breed um, for magic. Well, and so like, because there's well, a danger of people trying to do that. But it is, it is. No, but they're saying they don't want sorceresses to have children. Like sort, they don't want right. And so they're and saying so that like usually that they genetics. end up not being able to anyway. But because right. some can, um, but because people, some can, let's just sterilize all of them. Like that's you. Because again, because people they want to breed magical children, yeah. and that that's not how it works. But because it's, people are going to try it, to do that, no. But it it says they can pass on abilities. Oh, no, it is. This is like eugenics, basically. They're basically saying that they pass on abilities, but it sometimes makes them have like be like mentally disabled, basically, and that they don't want that to happen. And so we should just sterilize them so they can't have babies who are disabled. Like that's eugenics, which is like, I don't know. That's I'm not arguing for like that being the right course of action, but just like for clarity of what the thinking is. Um, no but that's like that's because that's what it says okay hold on let me find it again just read this um i had it and then i put it down why did i do that okay yeah because it says so it's on page 295 um no one is born a wizard we still know too little about genetics and the mechanisms of heredity uh unfortunately we constantly try to pass on inherited magical abilities in so to say a natural way results of these pseudo experiments can be seen all too often in town gutters and within temple walls we see too many of them and too frequently come across morons and women in a catatonic state dribbling seers who soil themselves seeresses village oracles and miracle workers cretans whose minds are degenerate due to the un- due to the inherited uncontrollable force <laughs> uh etc so yeah i mean it's it's like most of us lose the ability to procreate but some wizards usually women attuned to magic while still maintaining efficiency of gonads they can conceive and give birth and have the audacity to consider this happiness and a blessing no one should be born so yeah so i mean right, like, so i mean like, I like what i was talking about again i'm not arguing that like right. yes yeah eugenics but like the mm-hmm. thinking is because like as it says in the beginning no one is born a wizard and like mm-hmm. they're saying that like yes like some people who are made into sorcerers are able to procreate and sometimes those who can procreate pass on something of what they are but the mm-hmm. idea that you could give birth to a, like a full-fledged like what we think of as a sorcerer they're like that's not possible and right. so then like people they made it sound so like i guess i 
focused in on a different i also did the same thing i was on it and then i closed the book but so like you're not wrong that that's i mean it is essentially eugenics but like the part that i zeroed in on was less on like individual people just like wanting kids and more mm -hmm. about the part where it says um we constantly try to pass on inherited magical abilities and results of these pseudo experiments so to mm -hmm. me it sounded like um like the other dark side of that is that like you would purposely be trying to like breed wizards you know that you're like yeah. so if you just take away that ability people won't be trying to force this into happening because like that's also a kind of eugenics you know that you're like yeah. gonna take oh we found a wizard and we found a sorceress like let's stick them together and make them make a magic baby um right you're like it's not gonna go well it never goes well that's not how you get a wizard like right i just think it's interesting because like it's in, in the previous books, the way Yennefer talks about it and the way it's presented is that, oh, this is just the consequence of getting your magic. But this well, is like, that well, well, it says that most most of the time, right. like the pituitary gland and the wizard. Well, yeah, and the, like, sure. That, but I mean, I mean it, but the, it the point is that consequence of being right, right, right. But the point is that like it can be, but also not necessarily. And yeah, I don't know. I just, it makes me wonder, especially for an author writing in this time in Poland, how much this is in conversation with historical instances of like forced sterilization and eugenics and those kinds of experiments. Like, because there's definitely history of, so I just, it's interesting to me that that's. Well, I a, mean, the whole Witcher you know. series is constantly talking about stuff like that. Cause like what was done to yeah. Geralt is like he was taken as a child and then forced. Right like all kinds of like horrible poisons were put in his body to mutate him and most kids mm -hmm. don't even survive that and the ones yeah. that do become mutant witchers and so like and then there's people that are like mutating themselves basically to become sorcerers because again wizards aren't born they're made so like right. just like um and then often they become sterile as a result just like i think they said that witchers also are often sterile yeah because um, of again you know what they've done to their bodies so it's it's i'm sure that the eugenics part of it might be consciously or subconsciously part of it but it's a lot to do with like trade-offs you know mm -hmm. that like there's you don't get anything for free and that like by getting enormous power then you also lose the ability to then like create life is like often what is in fantasy mm -hmm. yeah i'm sure there's some of that i just wonder between that and the the sort of subtext of what's happened like the stuff that's happening with the elves for instance it just it like because he's he's polish and so i i feel like it, this a lot of it reminds me of things you think about like nazi germany for instance and some of the things that went on under that regime um with like the racism and the eugenics and the like so i just it, it makes me wonder like how well, much i mean of they talked is... um earlier or not i shouldn't say early, i think it is actually earlier but uh, it doesn't really matter what order it's in um, about <laughs> when they're talking about the elves being there mm -hmm. before anyone else um but about how most people have some elf in them because like people have right. been mixing for forever mm -hmm. but now it's suddenly yeah. a race war and they're like elves versus humans versus dwarves whatever and they're like you know, yeah, you, we've been like mixing together for a while now. <laughs> yep, <laughs> but they were massacred, and now yeah. So I just think it's interesting. I'm sure some of that history growing up there probably informed some of the themes here, but combined with just like all the folklore that it's drawing on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. 
I think it was Geralt saying this to Siri, maybe, um, with the, all of the stuff about the elves saying that neutral doesn't mean you're indifferent. You can kill hatred inside of yourself, which I was like, that's interesting. And yet Geralt still gets involved in stuff, even though he's like, yeah, I'm going to be neutral. Yeah, there's definitely times like in the book where uh, Geralt is in these situations and like Dandelion will get frustrated about it too, where like you could easily just sell your services right now and just like, you know, get us out of this. But he's like, I refuse. <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's, it's outside of my code. And you're like, bruh, like, just be practical right now. Don't be like, I, you know, only kill monsters. I don't participate in wars. I'm not a soldier. And you're like, you need to be transported in this caravan and you have a sword. Can you just do some like personal bodyguard duty, some like security work just, just for a minute? Like, And he's like, no, I refuse. I will carry water for you. I will chop wood for you. And it's like, <sighs> yep, yep. Geralt and his code of ethics, you know? Just like, I mean, and this is why I, it does, um, I'm not saying that you couldn't understand where Geralt's coming from at all, but you're kind of prepped for that when you read Last Wish and Sword of Destiny, where yeah. like the whole uh, lesser evil story where he refuses, even though arguably he's created the situation by not doing anything about it, but he's like, I will not actively do the evil thing. There is no such thing as a lesser evil. There's just evil. Mm. Um, and you're like, but it's like with the security work, you're like, I get that this is not part of your code, but like big picture, bruh, big picture. Like, you're creating more harm. What's wrong with yep. you? <laughs> that's just, that's his thing. So well, I always do. Um, actually, it's always with Alex because of the references in Sun Eater. But um, have you seen Kingdom of Heaven? The movie? <laughs> no. It's an old movie. So like, I, it's not. I know. You could have seen it's, it. It's. I could have. I could have. I well, remember um, when it came out. But it's there's a so many movie. references to Kingdom of Heaven in the Sun Eater books. It's like, it's stupid. But um, anyway, it, I love the movie. Um, But so there's, um, you know, it's about the Crusades and the King of Jerusalem. Yeah. And, and I know what it's about. I remember like it was when it was a thing. But so Sibylla, Ava Green, is married to this like complete asshole who like it was an arranged marriage. And she's the sister of the King of Jerusalem. And the king of Jerusalem is a leper, so he's about to die. And maybe I did see it. It's really it good. was a long time. It would have been a long time ago, though. This sounds familiar. I may have seen it at some point, but like once. Well, anyway, the king ago. is about to die. And so then because his sister is married to this asshole, well, then he's gonna now be in charge as soon as the leper king is dead. <clears throat> so they're trying to convince Bailey and jo uh, Orlando Bloom's character. Like, if we assassinate Sibylla's husband, will you marry Sibylla? So then you can inherit everything when the king is dead. And Orlando Balian is like, no, I won't be party to that. And it's like, but all of Jerusalem will be in the hands of this dick. If you like, this this one little death and you and you marry, would it be so bad to marry Sibylla? And Balian's like, no, I won't do it. And Sibylla was like, she has this line, which is what I'd want to say to Geralt. Um, and when she's like trying to like one last chance to convince Bailey and she's like, there will come a day where you will wish that you had done a little evil to do a greater good. Um, hmm. And like, that's the argument that they try to make. I know in, yeah. in the lesser evil story, but in general, like with Geralt's attitude, you're like, bruh. Yeah. I, I, you're not wrong. <laughs> Big picture. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah see what else in this there were just like that there were so many things happening in this book um 
okay, we have this like we have there's prophecy. Oh, and constant destiny. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing of like the white flame, which I did the think child it was kind of the elder blood. Yes. Yep, that too. I did think it was kind of interesting this idea of sending preachers basically to the streets to proclaim the good news of the white flame. Well, I mean, they're all they're, I mean, they're people who like genuinely zealously believe. Mm-hmm. So when you say well, like yeah. sending preachers, it's not like the corporate office sent them out. Like it's like, you know, also kind of spontaneous. Like I when you guess, see people I guess preaching when on I, the street, when... they're not necessarily sent by corporate. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting because when I was reading it, it read to me like a strategy, like a strategic move to sort of well, they're strategically over. trying not to kill those people because as they say, if you kill one of these like preachers, they'll become a martyr and we can't right. be having that. So, yeah. you know, try to tamp it down. You can question them if you want to, but don't do not kill them. Right. Yeah. It would make it worse. But I did wonder if it's like a strategic move on the other side of trying to kind of win over the people before they even get there. I mean, before who gets there? This is just an old the prophecy. army, like the armies. Right? But that army isn't like the prophecy. It isn't like the leader, their leader, the person. Like, aren't there's like prophecies about the white flame? Isn't there a person who's the white flame that we see in a couple scenes or something? There is a person, but we have not. I mean, like the prophecy is about a person, but not a specific currently person. Interesting. It makes it seem like, I mean, maybe this is because you've read it before, but like reading it, for me reading it, there's a person that I'm like, oh, okay, this is about, seems to be about them. And it seems, this is what it read like to me is that like this person leading these armies is the white flame and this prophecies about them. And they're sending in these people to like pave the way for people to like welcome them instead of so I mean back. it is an existing prophecy and so there are certainly people that are true believers and people that might use a prophecy that is believed by many to their own advantage but mm-hmm. it is a real prophecy there is a white flame <laughs> <laughs> so who's the like dude that's leading the whatever the people what, what and elf guardians the yeah and elf guardians I mean that's just who yeah. he is he's the like he's just a normal like king okay so what is the white flame thing about that is it like i don't okay anyway i guess maybe we'll find out but that was what it read like it's like an end of times type prophecy they're like the white flame will come and it'll see matt this is what i'm saying isn't the emperor of nilfgaard the white flame that's what i thought that's what it read it reads like is that not correct you didn't find out did we not, didn't we though like didn't they say it i thought they said it somewhere <laughs> okay it's very confusing <laughs> no it will be confusing <laughs> cuz they're also i feel like one of the most confusing things about these books um or it certainly doesn't help is just the number of names and yeah. like you're already like they're jumping around from perspective to perspective and jumping around in time. And then there's just like mm-hmm. so many names that you're like, 
I don't know who you're talking yeah. about. And then there's the like sorceresses that can turn into birds, which I remembered from the show. <laughs> they had that in there, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting conversation. I mean, I think they talked about this um, more in Sword of Destiny is where I think they talked about it. But it's still relevant in these books about like global warming mm. is like a big theme where like climate change is happening and how the air is polluted and how nothing grows the way it used to. And the sun isn't strong enough to grow things the way that it used to. And things are grown in greenhouses instead because it's the only way to do it. And part of this end of times prophecy is about the coming of the snows and colds and like an ice age basically. Hmm. Interesting. Which is a little song of ice and fire. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And then there's this whole thing of like, I guess Yen is trying to get Siri to use her magic more and something about portals, but I don't really know. I don't know. There's, there's a lot. Well, they use portals as a kind of magic, but she was talking about like where. So, so I'm trying to divorce what happens in this book from what I know what happens later <laughs> and from what gets explained more later. But they're constantly talking about like kind of like the cosmic place of the world and where mm -hmm. their place in it is and about where their magic comes from and how like access to it and how that works and how much of it like – um. I think it's in this book. I'm going to go ahead and say that it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. That um, Geralt talks about when he's killing things and what he's willing to kill. Um, you know, like, what are the monsters, you know, that he's willing to kill? And mm -hmm. um, it's mentioned by Geralt um, that it's partly, at least, to do with where they originally come from. And mm -hmm. that if they are not part of this, if they're not supposed to be a part of this world, they don't belong here then he'll, that's like something that he would kill. Interesting. <laughs> More to come. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Okay. I, yeah, I think that's most of what I had in my yeah. notes <laughs> and so like it's a especially reading it like rereading it now mm -hmm. um i think it's it's a little bit helpful that he does it and you notice it i think more when you reread it how much he kind of like telegraphs um especially because of how confusingly structured the narrative is then mm -hmm. at the very least because he keeps saying like names and key phrases and prophecies over and over again that it's it's kind of almost like a handrail where like you're in just the utter chaos of the wild structure of these plots where you're like, don't know where we are, why we are, or why I'm being told this, but you have heard these like things like the white flame or, you know, the, the child of elder of the elder blood, the time of contempt, like all these like phrases and, and lines and names and prophecies mm -hmm. that you like, you're like, Oh, that's, that's the important thing. So that when it comes up again and again and again and again and again and again, mm -hmm. And people mentioning it in different places, people saying it to each other, people looking for it, people remembering it, people stumbling upon it in prophecy, people saying it in the elder tongue, and then someone like translating it. You're like, oh, that's that phrase. Like, <laughs> It's just in the elder uh, tongue right now. So like, it helps, I think, to have that kind of like through line of these like 
words and phrases that you can kind of like latch on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's so many things I certainly didn't notice, but like now, like because I know what a bunch of stuff is that like constantly stuff that were like, oh, this name also means this, and this is part of this prophecy, and this is what was said of this, and I'm like, uh huh, it, yep, uh huh, yeah, (laughs) that'll come back, yep. (laughs) Well, as much as I know they changed some things, I did find it helpful to have the touchstone of having watched the show. See, I thought the show was confusing and was glad that I had read the books. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, no, I found it helpful. Like, there were things that made more sense to me because I was like, oh, okay, this is like this thing that happened in the show and that helped me ground it a little bit more. Um, And I also think, like, having watched season two of the show, it explained a little bit more of what we get hinted at in this book about series lineage um which well, I we, we I got mean, we some know. of it like we know some stuff well like in the books we do know a Wait, little saying, bit which one of, are you saying is showing you more right now the show or the books the show because right now what in the books do you not know about her lineage i just didn't think it explained as much like we know a little bit like we know that she is descended from the the elf queen or whatever so we do know like some of that but i feel like i don't know it's been a while since i watched the show but that to me again as before as that was getting touched on before it got explained i was like oh this is referencing this thing that i knew from watching the show and i just felt like it made more sense I well i mean know. you know that she's the granddaughter of uh calanthe and the daughter of pavetta that her parents mm-hmm. are dead so she was raised by calanthe and calanthe martyred herself at sodden and or just before sodden and that's what rallied everyone to fight at sodden and that her distant ancestry which is why she looks the way she does is um elvish right so like that's all in the book so like what does the show tell you more i think the sh- like the book eventually tells you that but it hints at it first and so when it was like hinting at some of it before it got into more of the stuff about the elves i was like oh okay this is to do with the elf elvish ancestry thing i don't know it just made it easier for me to follow it i guess i mean like they make a big deal about siri being special and destined for Geralt and mm-hmm. a child surprise and the lion and cub the of lion, Right. Yes. There's a lot of that. So that's what I kind of mean. Like there's all these names and all these phrases that you're like, every time you see the lion cub of Sintra, you're like, I know what we're doing. I know what we're talking about. This <laughs> seems important. <laughs> and they keep harping on like Geralt and Siri being destined. And Siri is like, I was destined for Geralt. And she is the child surprise, and Yennefer calls her. She switches between surprise and ugly, and never calls her Siri. <laughs> yeah, and we get like mentions of like what Siri's uh, actual name, where it comes from, from the old tongue, what the Cyrilla, where it comes from, what it means. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There's, mm-hmm. there's lots of stuff in there that there's it doesn't become clearer as you go. But I think that's why I think that because he repeats it so much, it's a little bit annoying because when you're reading it, you're like, I get it. She's the child surprise. I get it. You're destined for girls. I get it. But then by like, you know, book five, you're like, 
thank God for the repeats. Like, <laughs> that's about the only thing I get right now. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. We have a comment. Okay. Matt says, I, I read... Okay, great. Well, it says, I read the first four books and then watched the series. It's all a tangle at this point, currently reading The Tower of the Swallow. Interesting. The Tower yeah, of the Swallows so is like the second to last book, and that is where it starts to just go like completely not about Geralt. I don't know where we are or why we are. Like, that's where mm -hmm. it, like, it starts to go off the rails. <laughs> oh, great. Great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had only read The Last Wish before watching the show, so... It was, like, enough to give me some reference points, I guess, for what we were doing. But, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that I, even though the bird's eye view sometimes makes reading these books quite impersonal. And that's kind of why I struggle when I get to Tower of Swallows. Because it's already kind of impersonal at this point. You're not really in a close third person that much. Um, You're not really, like, following one particular character really closely. It's still quite bird's eye, no matter who you're with. And it gets even more bird's eye and top skip to jump across all the times and places to tell you everything that's happening mm -hmm. in Tower of Swallows and Lady of the Lake. But at the same time, I appreciate that because like most of the time when you're following a, a, a perspective in first person or close third person, your take on what's happening is more the woods and he's giving or he is more the trees and he's giving you the woods where like the macro political and macro cultural and macro historical um, story that he is telling is more apparent to you. Like mm -hmm. the way that you're not seeing it through like, Oh, this one person who wants to like marry this person and does is afraid of battle and has their like personal issues going on, which is interesting right. to read as a character driven reader. But you do miss the wood for the trees when you're like so much in the heads of your particular characters. And here, like I miss being with characters because I'm a character driven reader, but like, the macro of like the global story he's telling is like definitely his focus more and becomes apparently his focus as we get further and farther on in the series where it's like less and less about particular characters. And that's why you get these scenes where they're talking about it's some political council, it's some diplomatic meeting, it's some historical moment. And you're like, okay, I don't know who any of these people are or why I'm here, except I do get why I'm here. Cause like, I get what you're telling me is like the mm -hmm. political economic historic situation here but as mm -hmm. like a character reader and as a normal fantasy reader you're like but what this how does this affect Geralt like why am I here and you're like he'd be like well it doesn't like I mean it affects him because he's a part of the world and I'm telling you about the world and yeah like, okay that's a very different way of, of telling a story but like I get yeah. it <laughs> yeah which is it's kind of interesting because another book I just finished reading is sort of similar but more well I guess more character focused than this, but also I think similar is The Grace of Kings by Ken yeah, Liu. Yeah, I read The Dandelion Dynasty. I, yeah, it's because it also similarly feels like, okay, yeah, you do kind of get to know these characters by the end of the book, but like it's really much more concerned with the political landscape of what's going on. And Grace how of Kings is the most character driven of that quartet. Great. <laughs> my, okay, so my, it's not my, Grace of Kings is my favorite, but everyone hates the like second half slash last third of um the veiled throne which is the third mm -hmm. one and mm -hmm. i loved it like i was like oh. everyone was like oh liana just pushed through that one the third one's the worst one you're not gonna like it and i was like what are y'all talking about that was my favorite <laughs> because like we stopped doing this big political thing and we like zero in for 
I grant for people who are annoyed with this, a pretty unreasonable amount of time on a pretty small scale thing that takes Mm -hmm. a lot of time to talk about and for this character to go through. But like we halted all the big stuff to just like have this little story about this like kind of small situation. And everyone's like, why are we doing this? What's the (laughs) point of this? And I was like, I love this because we just stopped to have these like character moments. See, I like that too. Like my favorite parts. I mean, I think it's an interesting project, but like my favorite parts of the first book were like seeing things with specific characters anyway you might be like me it. where you like the second half of failed i might other stuff. i mean i often seem to have controversial opinions about these things but so. you and i often disagree so it'll that be nice true. if we agree about this <laughs> let, let me know when you get to the second half of i'll failed let you know and then you can tell I'll, me if you're annoyed or happy <laughs> i'll let you know but yeah it's uh it's interesting when it's like you have characters but the author is more interested in like I think in Grace of Kings, it's like not just the political historical landscape, but it's also how the choices of people affect and the engineering. Yeah, let's not forget the engineering and the engineering. Yes. Which, speaking of, like, Andres of Kowski does. It's not a really. I mean, it's a little bit, but it's not even really a training montage because, like, it's a lot of authors will kind of hand wave it and be like. And he showed her the ways of the sword and she was doing it, you know, whatever. Like, it's just like mm-hmm. vaguely training is happening. Or they could be like Yennefer and Siri. Oh, she's teaching her the things vaguely. Mm-hmm. But he spends a lot of time on like these specific training exercises and why this is useful and like what you how you need to move the sword and how you need to move your body and what kind of equipment we're going to be using to like train you to have the right like muscle reflexes when she's with the when she's in Kaer Morhen with the witchers. And the same yeah. thing with Yennefer, like. It's not that Yennefer's vaguely training her. She's like, here's this exercise. Here's this question. Here's this magical thing. Here's this lesson. Like, you're like, he's thought through, like, and done research as, because, like, you know, with fighting, that's not magic. You can say whatever you want. But, like, you have to know a little bit about, like, anatomy yeah. and, like, and fighting styles to be able to write the parts where she's training in Kaer Morhen. So there's a lot of it that, like, if you're not interested in it, it would be really boring. But I just appreciate that it's not hand-waved, that it's not, mm-hmm. like... And she trained for them at a time and got some bruises and it happened. She's great at fighting now. Trust me. It's like, he like actually go like, you feel like you've been training with Siri. Like you see mm-hmm. all the stuff she's doing and how she's getting beat blood and like black and blue. And, and Triss is like, you, you're being tortured. And Siri's like, again, again, I'll never be strong. <laughs> she's great oh man uh jessica says i'm hoping this gets better more than 50 percent of grace of kings is a slog okay so because we're doing it for our patreon book club on my channel this month i did read along on my patreon we read all four together oh interesting i kind of want to read the rest of them but i don't know that other people are going to be up for that i i will eventually but um i think jessica the last like 30% of it, I feel like you'll like better. I think it's more interesting and it has more interesting female characters as well, which apparently is controversial. There are people who don't like the way he handles women, which I just disagree with. There are reviews that say this is not about Grace of Kings. That there aren't women in the books. And there are most of the POV characters by the end of the series are women. Okay. Well, even in the first one, like there's a lot of women and they're interesting women. And I there's like even the way more he... women. As it goes yeah. On. Like I like the way he handles women. So it's interesting to me that there's so many negative reviews 
hating the way he anyway i have thought this is not what this episode is about but i have thoughts because well there's a lot of negative opinions about how sapkowski handles women so yeah he's in good company i guess that's true (laughs) oh man okay so we've been going for like an hour so we should definitely move on we're gonna move into on my radar well we'll talk about recent or upcoming book releases well like actually it's really I now just do it for the current month. Mostly April book releases in sci-fi and fantasy that I'm excited about. Maybe, Leanna, do you have any? To sh- okay. I have that I am excited. About. I'm excited for nothing but first law rereads. Fair enough. But if you enjoy the podcast, we would appreciate if you take a moment to rate and review us so we can continue to reach more listeners or comment below if you're watching us on youtube and if you're interested in getting early access to episodes and exclusive bonus content with every episode consider tossing nice, a coin like to fluffy your bonus content like generational trauma and fantasy. like generational trauma inspired and by the blood of elves <laughs> yes that's what we're doing this week it's very light and fun sometimes it's light and fluffy it just depends uh but yeah channel memberships or patreon you can get access to that huge thanks to all of our supporting patrons including our world expander patron stephanie you all make this possible and we appreciate you again as we told you we'll be talking generational trauma and fantasy for bonus content this week uh okay so i have a bunch of books that are coming out this month are great. So first up, Blood Debts by Terry J. Benton Walker is a modern YA fantasy. The cover makes it look like it's set in the 20s. It's not. It's set in a modern, magical, alternate version of New Orleans, and it is high melodrama. <laughs> like, it's got magic. It would Like Geralt Vienna- and Yennefer, but worse. Yeah, but teenagers. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if Geralt and Yennefer were teenagers and, and you know, uh, Yennefer had a, a gay teen brother who was as bad as her. It's like that, but in Louisiana with black people. <laughs> so it's like The Witcher except in any way that counts. Right. But it's it's got magic. <laughs> anyway, I really, I liked it. It would make a great like CW TV show or Netflix show. It's that kind of a, a vibe. So I think a lot of people will enjoy it. Um, The Blood Gift by Annie Davenport. I'm so excited. This is the sequel to The Blood Trials, which I think is, it, it reminds me a lot of Red Rising, except with magic and racism. There's definitely racism in Red Rising. Yeah, but it's like overtly dealing with like, anyway but it's it's great i feel like a lot of people have missed out on it because it was not marketed appropriately to the right groups of people and the covers don't give the vibe of the book at all it's much more similar to like the grittiness and action of red rising i'm very excited for the sequel it's just a duology uh short story collection the wishing pool and other stories by tanana reeve do is like excellent horror short story collection mostly creeping southern gothic horror but also some futuristic pandemic related horror (laughs) that were written before covid which yeah nice and light you know but it's a really good collection if you haven't read from tanana reeve do before she's awesome also the warden by daniel m ford is so good if you like cozy fantasy but you don't want it too cozy and you like the idea of twin peaks but if it had wizards with like 
a bisexual wizard lady who is going to the small out of the way town that she doesn't really want to be in and it's like cozy but then things happen and she has to solve problems it's great i really enjoyed it okay um, i know we stopped talking about blood of elves but i feel like blood of elves is kind of cozy I, like, it has its moments. It well, does. Most, most of the book is her at Karamoran training with the witchers and her in the temple training with Yennefer. It's true, which I love that. I really enjoy training and schools and like cozy. There's really only like vibes. one kind of violent altercation and that's on the road when they get yeah, attacked. Otherwise, it's, it's like just conversations, politics, training. Letters. Training. Maybe that's why I enjoyed this so much. <laughs> It was good. Okay. T two more. Uh, oh, wait. What is this? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Matt says, I'm looking forward to the upcoming release of Gooseberries, a natural history of the world's greatest scent. Oh, tell us more, please. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I've got two more. They're both YA. Uh, Star Splitter by Matthew J. Kirby is a YA sci-fi thriller that's so good and twisty and interesting and doesn't talk down to teenagers. It's dealing with some really interesting existential ideas without being didactic in the way that it does it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's really it's it's really good. One of the best YA YA sci-fi books I've read. In a long time. YA doesn't do sci-fi well usually. So I get very excited. <laughs> when there's a decent YA sci-fi book. So Star Splitter. I do recommend. And then uh, lastly. Like there's a lot debut. of YA sci-fi. Do you? Oh maybe not a lot. I just feel like. I think I, think I can think of more sci-fi books. That I like that are YA. Than sci-fi books that I like that are adult. Hmm. That's interesting. Wonder why. That's, that's very interesting. Okay. All right. Last one is that self-same metal by Brittany N. Williams. This is pitched as a black girl and sword expert fighting a fae uprising in Shakespearean London. It's 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 fun. Like the writing. When they say Shakespearean as opposed to Elizabethan, does that mean that Shakespeare will be in it? Yes. Because the time period is actually the Elizabethan time yes. period. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't get to be the name of the time period. Well, so it's not the time period. It's, but yeah, no, Shakespeare is literally in it. And also there are heavy references to obviously a Midsummer Night's Dream because there's a real Fae uprising happening so as well. So it's Sandman. <laughs> Sandman has an arc about how. That's oh why really? Summer Night's Dream is because oh, he was like tripping in Fairyland. That's interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess kind not exactly, but yeah. So it's kind of got that. There's also like references to Othello, um, and it, there's a bisexual love triangle with hints that the next book could be polyamorous. So if that is the thing you like, it also has that. So, I mean, Summer Night's like, Dream is nothing if not polyamorous. True, true story. <laughs> So there you go. Lots of exciting books releasing this month through the first couple days of May, basically, in sci-fi fantasy. Uh, so thank you. This has been fun. I will be back 
May 16th for our next episode with Izzy. We'll be discussing Electric Idol by Katie Robert, which is the second book in the Dark Olympus series read-along that we're doing. And then at the end of the month, we'll be back with the next book in the Witcher series. So again, this has been Chapter 3 Podcast. We're your hosts, Bethany and Liana. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Chapter 3 Podcast. And you can find us on YouTube on our individual channels. Everything is linked down below or in the show notes if you're listening. The next episode will be available May 16th. It's going to be a little while, uh, but we'll be back. And this episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for listening.